What's going on? I'm Leon Timbo. I'm Mr. J. Rome. And I'm Torian. We are Beauty and the Beards. <laughs> okay, here we go. Well, this is episode two. Uh, all of our episodes are in three parts. So thank you for coming back, chilling with us. Uh, episode two is an interesting topic. I, I think we're going to have a lot of fun. Uh, fun is what we call it. We're going to have a lot of fun with this one. <laughs> episode two, three parts. Part one of the Church Hurt episode. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. The Church Hurt episode. <laughs> And um, I think I think it's just appropriate to kick off uh, what inspired some of this episode. Um, really, the idea of what uh, church hurt is, the legitimacy of it, and how people um, move in that space, I think is something a lot of people process and deal with. And uh, we want to give some honest thought towards it, right? Um the origin of church uh, for black people, I think, is specific. Um, and it's it's really interesting to note that um, Christianity as westernized, uh, as a westernized religion, Christianity did not want black people apart. I think it's very um, interest, interesting to note that that you know there was an Ethiopian in the Bible that um, the God sent an a, an apostle run down and give the give give that to. So this isn't me saying that Africa didn't know um, Yeshua and all that. So get over yourself. Um, I'm grown. What I am saying is Westernized Christianity did not want you, the American slave, to be a Christian, and uh, that includes. Everybody um, around the 1650s, including the Quakers, those who were nobleized to be the ones who took in the slaves, who put them in. I mean, there's on all the plantations, you know, about the Quakers, you know, uh, helping Harriet Tubman and everybody else kind of get through the Underground Railroad. That was later on. Um, the reality is that the Quakers had just as many slaves and were proponent of slaves as well. It was a culture. Mm. So because it was a culture, everybody adhered to it, and that's what it was. And I think um, there's much more we can dig into concerning the origin but it's important to know that when you can't get into a society when you can't get into a thing you tend to value it more and i think as a people group we as black people valued westernized christianity more because it was something that we couldn't get over we couldn't get into also um let's just uh Throw some more truth out there. The term whiteness wasn't developed until the 1750s. Prior to that, there was a religious Christianity culture that they eliminated slaves from being a part of. So they called that um, if you were a Christian, you could vote. If you were a Christian, you could own land. If you were a Christian, you could do all this stuff. Oh, slaves couldn't be Christians. That's mm -hmm. how it was built. And, it, and in 1750, that thing flipped. 
first in the islands when they said, okay, where, wherever you see Christian, um, you just put white there. You just, it's, it's spoken, it's unspoken, it's just a part. And I mm-hmm. think as you come into this day and age, um, um, 21st century, the end of the 20th century, the context, the concepts of black church, church in general, because the reality is we've all come from a little bit of color, you know, at this point in time, whether by a slave and slave girl, whether by, you know, whatever, we all got a little bit of what that culture produced. And there is a master slave mentality as it relates to churches today. Yeah. That's what all of that came to culminate into. Um, and I think the origin of this space was important before we dive into it and um, talk about the origin and the distance between the church of the Bible and the modern day church. The church at Antioch was completely different. Um, we know the, we may not know Constantine and the Catholic church and the whole evolution of what a cathedral was politically, not mm. just socially and religiously and in faith and spirit, but politically it was a, 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 a symbol of strength and power. And today now in the fifties and forties and fifties and sixties, you had pastors who were janitors in culture, but they were pastors at church. And so what comes from a pastor who's a janitor who needs to be respected, who only mm-hmm. understands a master and slave mentality and think about that idea evolved into what today is. So I just wanted to give you that little history lesson. Y'all jump in. I can do this all day. Yeah, I mean, you 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 got the ball on fire and rolling, but I, I think it it really is something to think about the systems that we have in church now that are derivatives of that master and slave mentality, and as as far remo- removed as we are, we are keeping those traditions alive in our churches on purpose. Mm. Um, like you said, the the idea of needing the respect or demanding the respect by whipping or whatever, and it might not be an actual lash on your back today, but it bears the same scars emotionally because of the things and the tricks and the and the. Okay, let's just go ahead and say it: the manipulation that is used from high up dealing with this whole hierarchy system, you know, it's, it's not, it's not as, go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. Here we go. In a lot of places in a, in a lot of churches, it is not a safe place when you're operating in that kind of thing. And we call it all this spirituality now, like, it's like the kingdom of God. It's all of these little kingdoms all over. And the God in that church is that pastor. And that pastor sits on that throne and deals out whatever that pastor wants to deal out to get. And we do all this in the name of Jesus. We do all this in the name of the Lord. But we've sanctified in a way the mistreatment of each other in the name of Jesus, not taking any 
lesson from him, not moving in any way he moved when he came, you know, just and knowing that and separating yourself from that just to keep the systems going, yeah, just to keep people mm-hmm. alive. It's like, it, it's like I, 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 in my head, I see like the a people moving system, like everybody, it's like just peddling. yeah, and it's just like I'm doing it the way I want to do it, and the minute you say ouch. The person who says ouch is the weak link. Mm -hmm. The person who says ouch is the issue. The person who says ouch is the problem. Not the system. Not the way we're doing things. Not the way we're talking to people. See, where I'm from, you know, I come from a pretty sketchy family. I always say I come from a violent family. My mom probably would be upset about that. But, hey, (laughs) it is what it is. You have this issue where... You kind of are used to the mistreatment. You're used to violence. You're used to, you know, yelling, screaming. You're used to being torn down in a certain way. Subjugated. Yeah. Yeah. And then you go to church. And there's a certain level of cognitive dissonance that has to happen. Because if you go to the grocery store and somebody talks to you the way your pastor talked to you, you throw in hands. It's it's flat out is done. We about to we about to handle this in the grocery store and out eight. Well, it's sorry. happening, right? But when you go to church and your pastor talk to you that way, yeah. or your pastor disrespects your family, or your pastor, you know, does something that's disrespectful toward you, you have to take that because that's what's required of you via God. Yeah. How and then and then when you're hurt again when you give the ouch it's like psh, ouch yeah you should be happy that I've whipped you you yeah. should be happy Ooh. that I've beat you why aren't you happy why aren't you appreciating the fact that I took the time out to beat you I know there are several times and that I can think of in church where I was I was supposed to be honored that I was chosen to be in trouble of sorts as a grown ass woman. Yeah. Like just, yeah. I'm supposed to be honored that yeah. you would choose me to beat me over here. Make me the example publicly, publicly. Yes. A lot of that. And so what is that? What does that do to us psychologically? Like, to have to know, to, to read a book that says, treat others as you will have them treat you. Read a book that, that about a man who came here and showed kindness and healed people and loved on people. Sure, he came in the church and flipped over tables. But he ain't going to buy his house and do that. Yeah. So that would suggest that the issue was in the church, but yeah. that's another subject. <laughs> I'm just saying, it's like, how do you read and get to know Jesus and then go and sit under whom is supposed to be called by him and be mistreated and all of that. And, and, and it's, how do you do it? Well, you, you don't. And I think the, um, Oh, I just saw myself have 15 minutes worth of stuff to say, please say something, Jerome. (laughs) I think how they do it or how they're able to continue with it is because culturally we have been socially engineered to romanticize suffering (laughs) and 
to um, Sucks, to romanticize loneliness. Yeah, you know, we we exalt the idea of humility, mm. and not from the aspect of thinking of yourself soberly, but as a humbled, bowed, and submitted state. Mm. Talk about that word, um, yeah. Even when it comes down to our music historically, you know, we aren't culturally familiar with the concept of victory or winning. That's true. It's definitely something we like the sound of, mm -hmm. but ultimately we're not familiar with it in real life. And we don't know how to exist from so, a place of success. Which is why in a lot of cases we'll take the little victories over each other. Ouch. Um, you know, but not to veer off from the statement, you know, the statement I was trying to make prior, like even in our music, we don't know peace. We don't know safety, which is why we sing so much about it. Yeah. It's like such we, a big deal about, you know, I'm in the safety, you know, rest beyond the river. Like culturally, like our grandparents, their their relationship with like God, Christianity and music. It was a collection of diaries of a very disenfranchised and hopeless people. Yeah. Most yeah. of our historic songs were about us finding joy in death. Yeah. yeah, you know, one glad morning when this life is over, yeah, I'll fly away, and when I die, hallelujah, yeah. bye, yeah, bye. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you think of soon we'll be done with the troubles of this world. Like we, we at one point, life was so irrevocably awful. We only saw peace and restoration in heaven. Yeah, and still do, and still do. For yeah, the most part, yeah. Like, for the most part, people are still just kind of like heaven. Like whenever I die and get to heaven, it's all gonna be all right. I got a mansion there. Gold, a mansion yeah, there. because I'm just okay. We're struggling socially here. We're engineered not to expect to be okay here. Yeah, we don't know. So hmm. our need to feel validated, our need to feel special, our need to feel important has become such a, an objective that we will dismantle each other because the truth is we're the only ones within our reach. Mm. You know, we're the only people that we can do things to yeah. and not receive some, you know, a, a punishment yeah. worth fearing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, we attack Barbara Walters, <laughs> but then we attack Joy Starr, mm. and there's little to no pushback. Yeah. You know, we can hurt each other safely. Safely, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and, and it's it's a culture that is perpetuated. There's a there's a there's a there's another thing to deal with, and I want to deal with it in this next segment. There's there's a way 
that we've done in our own houses with black people homogeneously. And then there's another suffering that we've sought to, suffered in the hands of multicultural expressions as well. Absolutely. That is a different kind of bondage yeah. that um that we that we should definitely consider. But yeah. That's our beat for this one.